Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the 10th and final commandment, thou shalt not covet. It came about at the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city and the city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. It's kind of a first fruits of the promised land Everything in it is forbidden under the ban, and namely, it belongs to the Lord. This goes with coveting. It belongs to another. It's not yours. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her and the house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. 18. As for you, only keep yourselves from things under the ban, lest you what? You covet them and take some of the things under the ban, So you would make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. But all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They belong to him. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So that's going to be now into the future tabernacle and temple. So they're told, here's the rule. Repeated in Deuteronomy 7.25. Just write it down for your notes. The graven images of their gods you are to burn with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you be snared by it, for it's an abomination to the Lord your God. So into the city they go, this amazing victory over Jericho with these impenetrable walls, the walls fall down, they take the city, and here's what happens, Joshua 7.1. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to things under the ban or forbidden. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore, the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Here's what happened. Israel has taken Jericho, an amazing victory. Now they go to face a group called Ai, just simply Ai. And they're pretty weak. And so they say, we only need a couple thousand soldiers to take on these guys and we'll, no problem. And they go up and they get their clock cleaned by AI. And several of the soldiers are killed in the battle. And Joshua is beside himself. He's like, what happened here? So Joshua said, alas, he begins to pray seven, seven. Oh Lord God, why did thou ever bring the people over the Jordan only to deliver, deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. If only we'd stayed on the other side. Oh, Lord, what can I say? Since Israel has turned their backs before their enemies, we just got destroyed. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, and they will surround us and cut us off from the name of, from our name from the earth. And what will thou do for thy great name? We're going to be spoken poorly of your name, etc. So the Lord said to Joshua, rise up, get up, Why is it that you have fallen on your face? Israel has sinned, and they also have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, and they have taken some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel, here's the result, cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies, for they have become accursed. I will not be with you anymore, 
unless you destroy things under the ban from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus the Lord, the God of Israel, has said, There are things under the ban in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban from your midst. Now, God lays it out. And I, and I have had a thought that hit me this week studying this. It may be that some of us are getting beat up in spiritual warfare because we are dabbling in areas that are forbidden. And I'm not talking about legitimate areas uh, where legitimate desire exists. I'm talking about a longing and then a grabbing for what is forbidden. You, you are in jeopardy of your prayers being compromised and not heard or not answered. You're in jeopardy of a lot of things. And so basically the illustration to, uh, here to Israel is you, you, you can't win the battle like this. You're playing a deception game. You've got these things hidden. And so finally through a process, it gets discovered that Achan is the guy who did it. And Joshua verse 19 said to Achan, my son, I implore you, give glory to God, the God of Israel, and give him praise, give praise to him. Tell me now, what have you done? Do not hide it from me. 20. Achan answered Joshua and said, truly I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I, Achan, saw the spoil, a beautiful mantle from Shinar, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight, then I what? I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath it. Through a process, all of a sudden, Achan is found out. The Lord knew all along what he had done, what he was coveting, and how he took the stuff. And I'll tell you, the end of the story is very tragic and very sad because Achan and his family fall under the judgment of God and are destroyed. It is a sobering story. In fact, that valley where they stone him and his family is called the Valley of Achor. It means the Valley of Trouble. But here's some good news. In Hosea 2, 15 and 16, it says, then I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor or the valley of trouble. I will open up a door of hope and she will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. And in that day declares the Lord, Hosea 2.16, you will call me my husband and no longer will you call me my Baal. You'll move away from idolatry and you'll call me your spouse. Even in the valley of trouble, a door of hope can open. We see the law for what it says. You shall not covet. And Paul says, when I saw it, it killed me. I thought I was good. I thought I was a righteous man. I thought I was a, a grand Pharisee who would be just transported into heaven the moment I died. And I found out I'm a sinner under the judgment of God without some intervention. And that drove uh, Saul, who became Paul, to Jesus. And around the Roman world he went, preaching the good news of the gospel to Jew, Gentile, anyone who would listen about a Savior who gives us his righteousness as a gift. Amen? This is why we need the gospel. One other account, I won't uh, take you there, but it's a story about Gehazi, Gehazi and he's the uh, servant of Elisha, the, the record is in 2 Kings 5, 20 through 27. Here's the story quickly. 
Uh, the Syrian commander Naaman gets healed by dipping seven times in the Jordan. And he comes out and his, his skin is like baby skin. And he goes and he wants to give Elisha money for the healing. And Elisha said, no, I, I don't want anything. Just go in peace. And so off he goes. And as he's riding away on his chariot with his men, well, Gehazi thinks, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of this opportunity. And so he runs him down and he says, oh, Oh, when, just when you left, two other servants of the prophets came and, and they need housing and food and, and stuff. And so uh, is like, well, just tell me what you need. And he gives them some of the gifts. And Gehazi gets them and he hides them away. And he goes back and stands before his master. And Elisha says, Gehazi, where have you been? Uh, uh, nowhere. Uh, nowhere. Whenever you hear that, what, what have you been up to? Nothing. <laughs> you know they're in trouble, right? You take the cookie? No. Chocolate chips hanging out both sides of the mouth, right? And here's what Elisha says. Did not my spirit go with you when you pursued that man and when you took that money? Is this a time for the taking of possessions? And he basically says, because of what you've done, the leprosy that left him is going to cleave to you and your family. And Gehazi goes out the door full of leprosy. And leprosy is a picture of sin. You see, this, these are the stories. You think of Achan, you think of Gehazi, you think of Adam and Eve, you think of David, and you're like, wow, this, is, this permeates scripture. What is the answer to coveting? What do I do now? The answer to coveting is contentment. And I want to take you to a few passages and we're done. The first is Philippians 4. So we're going to study Philippians on Wednesday nights. I hope you'll join us. It's an incredibly powerful book. But we're going to go to Philippians 4. We're going to look at a passage that's familiar. I want you to see the full setting of it so you can grab the the context here. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. Why do you think we're so anxious? Well, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, Philippians 4, 7, which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good repute, if there's any excellence... If anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content. And notice Paul had to learn it, and so do we. And that's, it is a process. That's what the word means. I learn to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and he's writing this letter from jail. And I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret, and I hope we're learning it as well, of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do, let's say it together, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Resurrection Sunday is almost here. Moving through the book of Matthew, talking about the kingdom of God and anxiety and how to overcome it in the words of Jesus. Pastor Michael Lance has invited you to celebrate Easter at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Early risers can come to the first service at 6 a.m. Just bring a chair and a blanket, maybe a carafe of coffee or whatever you need, and we'll be celebrating the Lord early in the morning as the sun comes up. Visit Living Truth Christian Fellowship on Easter Sunday for the 6 a.m. sunrise service, the 8.30 service, 10.30 service, or for the Spanish-speaking service at 1 p.m. Remember, you can always tune into our YouTube channel If you are not available to join us live or locally, we have a YouTube channel and you can get to it at walkintruth.com. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona. Download the Living Truth app for more information or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's the Living Truth app or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret, and I hope we're learning it as well, of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need, I can do, let's say it together, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who puts power into me. Now, as much as I appreciate football players with Philippians 4.13 on the eye black, especially if it's, they're playing for my team, that's not the meaning of this verse. It's not about being able to throw a ball 75 yards. You could pray all day long. If you don't have a good arm, you ain't throwing a ball 75 yards. It's not about leaping tall buildings in a single bound. It is about uh, locking in to learning contentment. It's about being in a situation and just saying, Lord, if this is where you have me, then I'm going to be thankful. Instead instead of saying, if only or what if, I'm just going to say, thank you, Lord. And it is a battle. And I want to be clear that I'm not talking about having goals or legitimate pursuits to do well or legitimate desires. Those are all fine. We're talking about things forbidden. Godliness is a means of great gain when it's accompanied by contentment. 1 Timothy 6, 6. Now, if we turn over to Hebrews 13, where this is our final verse. And I tell you, Trying to learn contentment is a process. And you're not alone. And the secret to contentment is Christ. If you keep your eyes fixed on him, you will find the sweet spot in life of contentment. And if the Lord adds or he takes away, you'll still be content. But it is hard to find that spot in a culture like us or like ours. And so here's the final verse. Hebrews 13, 4 says, Marriage is to be held in honor among all. Hebrews 13, 4, The marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money or covetousness, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you so that we can confidently say the Lord 
is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will men do to me? So here we are. Many of us are married in this room. And that's what we say to our spouse. I'm not going anywhere. Through good times and bad times, thick and thin, sickness and in health, I'm going to stand by your side. And when you said yes to Jesus, I'm not sure you realize this. That's what you were saying to him. When I don't understand, when things confuse me in life, I want to be faithful to you because you've been faithful to me. I love you because you first loved me. Lord, help my singular focus this week to be all about pleasing you. Not about moralism, not about antinomianism, which is no law, I can do whatever I want. No, let it be about I'm married to another, to the one who loved me to the uttermost. So I want to love you, Lord. Doesn't that simplify things for you? It does for me. I just want to do that which pleases him. And so every day I wake up, that's my goal, to be content and also to pursue what pleases him. Oh, Father, thank you for Romans 7, which sums it all up for us, and we don't want to miss this. The law can't save us. Jesus saves. This last commandment kind of sews them all together and I think convinces every honest person, I need a savior. I have broken God's law more times than I would want to admit. But thank you that you came to fulfill the law, not to abolish, but to fulfill. Thank you that you died on that terrible cross, Lord, for all of us. Thank you that you rose for our justification. Thank you that you're in heaven right now interceding for your people, for the ones that you love. Would you help us, Lord, in the areas that we find weakness and struggle, in areas of coveting and other commands that the law shows us our deep need for you, our deep need for grace? Would you pour fresh grace upon your people? Would you teach us to be in a relationship where it's no longer about outward righteousness, it's about knowing him? And not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but having a righteousness which comes on the basis of faith. And then to run the race with endurance once that has been settled. And would you keep your heart and head bowed just for a moment? Is this how you've understood the gospel? Do you know that it's not about works that save you or moralism? It's grace. Have you trusted Jesus Christ? Have you heard a call? Will you marry me? And have you said, I will, I do. And I will give myself only unto you, O Lord. If you haven't, this would be a wonderful time to pray something like this. Lord Jesus, save me. Forgive me for breaking the commands. Thank you that you have come into this world On a saving mission, you died on the cross, you rose from the dead. I believe in the good news of your gospel. I ask you to be my savior and my king and my Lord. Teach me to follow you. Walk with you all the days of my life. Looking forward to that day when I will see you face to face. If you're a prodigal, this would be a great time. Maybe you've been living under the weight of the law. Maybe you misunderstood the gospel. Maybe... You do the line and you, and you walked into forbidden territory and you're reeling from it. 
Well, just know that he doesn't give up on you. He loves you. Come back home. Be reconciled to God. And if you're a believer today and maybe you just, you're going through some tough things and maybe for you it's, it's just simply Hebrews 13 that you can dwell on those promises. I will never leave you and I will never, ever forsake you. We may confidently say the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? Father, we want to pray over our world today, Canada, all the crazy things happening there, the Russia-Ukraine crisis. There's, there's so much to pray about. But help us not to be anxious because you're on the throne. We cry out to you that there would be revival in our nation. But we realize, Lord, that it's got to start with us. So cleanse us of our covetousness. Help us to be people who model contentment. Forgive us for the times that we've been discontented. Teach us, Lord, the secret of contentment in Christ. It's in his mighty and holy name we pray. You've been listening to The Tenth Commandment, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael's Ten Commandment teaching series in Exodus chapter 20. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Or maybe you'd like to let us know how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Yesterday at the end of the broadcast, we talked a little bit about contentment, the secret of contentment. Coveting is really a sign of discontentment. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to struggle or wrestle with it because we all do. Sometimes we are always looking for the next thing or the better thing in quotes, and we just find ourselves dissatisfied or uh, we have a lack of contentment. And you may be asking the question, Pastor Michael, well, how do I find contentment in what I do have? Um, one way, I think, and this is just a thought that comes to mind as I sit here before a microphone and speak to you about this, is gratitude. If you can start to count blessings, um, look around, maybe take some fresh inventory of things you do possess, things that you do have, gifts that God has given you, that you already have, the home you have, the spouse you have, the gifts you have. You can go through your own list. You might find that coveting subsides and contentment begins to blossom in your life. Uh, I think that will help. And of course, I think we all know that practicing gratitude is something that's a little bit harder. And I think if you just take some fresh inventory, look around and begin to thank God, um, you may find that the things that you're grateful for begin to, your list begins to grow. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. And we have been going through the incredible book of Exodus. And we are excited to let you know that the Song of Solomon is coming. We uh, taught through the Song of Solomon here at our local fellowship, and we wanted to bring it to you. Really important content about 
sexual intimacy within marriage. Uh, it's It's been kind of joked about that some pastors fear the Song of Solomon more than the book of Revelation. We'll talk about that more. Uh, we have a few more messages for you in the book of Exodus before we break for the Song of Solomon and we'll be doing that soon. Hey, if you want to check out more about the ministry, go to walkintruth.com, walkintruth.com. And remember, we have a phone number that uh, many of you have been taking advantage of to talk to pastors, maybe about a Bible question, maybe you uh, just need someone to pray with. It's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. This is Pastor Michael. We'll see you tomorrow for Christ is the end of the law. God bless. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. And hopefully, Walk in Truth helps people like you dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month. You can give online at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 called Christ is the End of the Law. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.